It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. A Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Chilling, man. Ready for this weekend of football and like also looking forward to football season being over. And then three weeks afterwards, I'm like, damn, wish we had football to talk about. You going to be uh, going to another cold ass game? Yeah, we're going. Uh, this one won't be as cold, though. So we are going. It might be a little rainy, but I was just texting with some friends that I got in, in the um, Chiefs organization that would be here, like organize whether I could see see them while they're here or not. And they're like, yeah, we hang out, even though you're rooting for the other team. And I was like, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm from Baltimore, but the Ravens ain't show up till till after I hit puberty. So I was more concerned with other things than root for the Ravens. And I'm kind of promised my son that we're going to the Super Bowl because he's a big Lamar Jackson fan. The Ravens win. So, I mean, if you do your thing, Pat, save your boy a couple thousand dollars. I ain't mad. Go ahead and do your thing and let me keep that money in my pocket. We can have us a little sleepover. Him and his friends have a sleepover. My son's birthday is on uh, on Super Bowl this weekend or this year. So, Oh, really? Yeah, right on Super Bowl. So, like, I'm going to be there. Well, actually, I probably won't go to the game unless he goes. Um, so I'm fine. We can come home. We can play flag football in the morning, have your little sleepover with your friends. We put on some Ravens jerseys and pretend like they're in that thing. But if they you in know, it, you, uh, you, you got to find a way to convince them that the Super Bowl is more fun to watch on TV because my, my time going to the Super Bowl, I got to tell you, I'd have had more fun watching on TV. <laughs> well, your, your time going to the Super Bowl was they decided they wanted to play 1950s football and just go six-man fronts against a zone running. Well, I guess zone running wasn't back then, but they just was 13 to 10, baby. This is a Super Bowl for the ages. Oh, my God. It was so awful. It was so like, I mean, you know, the the time before that, when they had the Super Bowl in Atlanta, I got caught trying to sneak in. But that's a long story for another day. <laughs> but I'm sitting there watching that terrible game. The only thing that made that game good is that was the year that all them Saints fans had bought Super Bowl tickets because they knew they was going to the Super Bowl. And and bless their hearts. They still showed up. They was in there walking around with Deuce McAllister and Archie Manning jerseys. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like putting off a Dalton Hilliard. They was doing it all, man. And whoo, boy, it was funny. My, um, the couple Super Bowls that I've gone to, like most, a lot of people in the media, you leave before the game happens because all the fun ends and the rest of it is a little work. But the few ones that I had to go to was the one where, uh, the Falcons, that <laughs> most recent Falcons trip to the Super Bowl where they got come back on. And the other Super Bowl game that I actually went to was the one in New York. Where that game was over mm. fast. The Seahawks got after Peyton Manning and them. And I was uh, president of the union at the time. And I, so we were in the box. And guess who shows up in the box? Jerry Jones. And after Jerry Jones showed up, William Jefferson Clinton pop up in there. Just oh. want to watch the game with us. It was a kind of cool experience. I will say this. That Super Bowl in New York is the dumbest idea this league has ever had. <laughs> So the thing about the Super Bowl is the NFL is so enormous that every city that you go to no longer feels like that city. It feels like you're an NFL town that is doing like a theme. Like when they had in Houston, I was like, oh, we in NFL city, but it got Houston theme right now. In Indianapolis, it was like we in NFL city and it's NFL city. And same thing when Miami is like, all right. Yeah, but it's it's really NFL City. That thing came to New York. You couldn't. There was nothing, nothing to tell you that it was in it was in New York City or to tell you that the NFL was there because New York is just a whole. It just felt like you was in New York. <laughs> there's oh, there's I a think, game. I think Vegas is gonna be about the same though. 
Yeah, nah, nah. Because the thing about New York, why it didn't feel like that was in part because everybody's still in New York working. There's a bunch of weird shit happening in New York all the time. And you're just walking around and just feel like you're New York. The next thing you know, you pop up on the NFL experience and then you next block you out of it. But in Vegas, everybody going to be there. The prices have gone up. Ain't nobody going to be there unless they are there for football. It's going to be so many jerseys. And I guess the craziness won't be any different, but it's going to be clear that it's an NFL weekend. Like, it's clear when it's a fight weekend. You know what? I think this would be another difference, too, which is that with um, with New York, nobody, ain't but so many people, rather, just coming to New York because Super Bowl going to be in New York, right? People always looking for a reason to come to Las Vegas. Right, like whatever it is, somebody always looking for a reason. So this is going to be the one. It don't matter. Like if your team was supposed to be in the Super Bowl and they not in, but you still got Las Vegas, you can make it work. I tell you this, though, it sounds like it's going to be a bunch of motherfuckers fighting just for no reason. Oh, my gosh. If everyone's looking for a reason to come to Vegas, especially if you live in Baltimore or Detroit. And I don't mean that in any sort of disrespectful way, but Baltimore and Detroit know who they are. They know what they are. And again, I'm from Baltimore. One of the tough things about being from Baltimore is you're on the Eastern coast. So you get compared to DC, you get compared to Philly, you get compared to New York. And we ain't that. (laughs) Like I don't live there anymore. I live in DC now. Baltimore is a awesome Pittsburgh. It's right. It's a it's a really cool Cleveland. It is a dope ass Detroit. That's what Baltimore is like. It's an old like blue collar working class industrial city that the industry left. It ain't boy, it ain't a metropolitan you, in center. her day. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Oh boy. That's what we, that's what they be saying. That's what they saying about her. It's like boy, I tell <laughs> exactly. you, boy, back in seventy three. You should have seen her when she was young. <laughs> that's the way they talk about Baltimore. Boy, that was summertime come. Boy, the dresses come out. What? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's tough now that that she is no longer in her day and she has to hang out with New York and, and D.C. It, it's, it's real uncomfortable for, for my girl Baltimore right now. I'm just, I'm just glad that you ain't really going to wind up, at least no way that I see it, with no true rivalry in a Super Bowl, right? Because, mm. you know, oh, the game yeah. ain't really built that way because that's good because the last thing you need, hey, man, I know how Vegas be feeling when it be like Canelo against whatever brother they decide to send him out there to fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, or Floyd, when he would just intentionally have his annual Cinco de Mayo race bait rally where he finds some Mexican to beat up on, right? No, 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 no. We don't need that for no Super Bowl, dogs. It's, 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 it, at, some of them, at some of them casinos that I make too much money to go to, it's going to be some scrapping. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be like, you know, what happened with Tupac, but it's going to be some scrapping. It, and, yeah, we hope that nothing gets to that level. But, yeah, Vegas is one of those places where the law is a little different. They're a little looser with <laughs> with some of the rules. And you're right. Oakland, I don't know if, if Oakland was still in Oakland, would it be different now that they're in Vegas? Is it different? But I think of the fan bases that can get oh, there no, it's the easily. Same fans. Yeah. It's the same fans. Raiders the only team where the city don't matter. Because that's what I was thinking. Is like, if you got to fly there, there are some things that you can't bring. If you got to drive there, there are some things that you can bring. And there's a different situation in Vegas, especially if there's rivalry in there as a fan base that goes. When I used to play the Broncos, my parents would go to all of our games. And that was the one city. I was like, when we go to Oakland, I don't want to have to worry about it. Don't wear no colors. Like, you don't got to wear Raiders colors, but don't wear no Broncos colors. Like, I don't need that because every time we go there, something will happen. They didn't have the big screen to tell people to text if your fan, if your section was unruly. <laughs> and, and I don't think text anybody was SOS texting either. To 911911. <laughs> yes, that's not going to work. The funny thing about having the Super Bowl in Vegas right now is it's a little, it hurts me a little bit. Because I remember when I was, uh, before I was president of the union, I was like executive committee and we were players. I wasn't a Pro Bowl player, but Pro Bowl players didn't love going to Hawaii anymore. Like you go a bunch of times and like, all right, it's so far. And I, I obviously first world problems. You're a Pro Bowler and you got to go to Hawaii. So we are looking at other places. <clears throat> and I had just uh, gotten in NFL a couple years in a row. I had gone to Vegas with Champ a few times. And that is a, a Vegas experience. 
And so that was my pitch was like, let's do the all-star game or the pro bowl and all those things. Let's do it in Vegas. I got laughed out the room because we were on the hills and I'm in a meeting with Roger and other people, owners and stuff like that. I got laughed out the room because we were on the hills of a NBA all-star in Vegas, where we had quite a number of football players who, uh, (laughs) shall we say, (laughs) yeah, was having a little, and a little too much uh, action in Vegas. And I was, I was like, all right, yeah, I can't push back against that. But next thing you know, Pro Bowl in Vegas, team in Vegas, super damn bowl in Vegas. But yeah, the money started talking and we felt differently about gambling. Hey, let me tell you something, though. For this Super Bowl, I would not be surprised if uh, they do like Miami started doing on that Memorial Day weekend and start telling everybody about them license plate readers. Just to just to let you know, if you ain't trying to have nobody find you, you might not want to come down here that weekend. Because it, look, it is very clear. A collective decision has been made about 2007 All-Star Weekend in Las Vegas. We just not going to talk about that. We are simply going to act like it never happened to the point where we all cool with Pac-Man Jones now, right? Like we just, that that whole weekend, it never went down. Pac-Man, the dad of the year now. Like that's that's what that's what we do now. He, he a heartwarming tale taking care of his man's son. Like it's a great story. It's a great thing. Pac-Man fought that dude at the airport. We was all team Pac-Man. Remember that? We had just, <laughs> I do remember we had, that. We, we, oh, why, why he never dropped his Popeyes. That was the that was the real moral of the story there. But what we say it is there was never an NBA All-Star game in Las Vegas. What are you talking about? Like all these events that they keep letting come back. How long it going to be before Vegas is like, yeah, you could bring an All-Star game into this arena? It's gonna it's gonna be a minute because that changed things down there. I was thinking about um who of the teams that go again with the money situation. I'm gonna be out there early on Tuesday before my son gets there, probably on Friday or Saturday again if the Ravens go. And so I'm gonna be out there with some people. I got some work to do. We got our live show, but if I'm trying to go, when I was out there for the draft. I got a little table at Dre's and saw a little baby. It was fun. If I'm trying to get my young man on and get a table, I really need to be rooting for Detroit and Baltimore to get there because them table prices are going to be real different if San Francisco show up in the building. If San Francisco get there. I don't know. I don't know. know. Here's why I don't know that. In fact, I think for Dre's in particular, um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Dre's, Dre apostrophe yes, you could there know what go. the clientele is for that establishment. And I just feel like Baltimore and Detroit is going to be sending more people that's trying to go to Dre's than that's San fair. Francisco and Kansas City. D-R-A-I. Yeah. Apostrophe and S. As, as I'm, apostrophe S. And as I mentioned, uh, I saw a little baby there. So, yes. as you know, it's going to be a different. So, that's, that's a fair point. I don't know. But I feel like hip-hop music at this point is... I mean, I ain't never been inside Dre. Them tech people going to try to pay, too. Them tech people going to be running them table prices all the way up. Yeah, but see, see, I ain't never been to Dre. So, like, what's the clientele looking like? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's expensive, man. It's like. No, no, no. I mean, but, like, I mean, demographically. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's us. It's split. Yeah. No, it's split. Oh, it's split. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Everywhere. The white folks might drive the prices up. Yeah, like, everywhere else in Vegas is. I mean, the, the high-end stuff in Vegas, they play the music that, that keep us away. Uh, but Dre's, so you get like half, whereas most of the other high-end places in Vegas, they, eh, it ain't a lot of us there. I just want to point out that I think Dominique know the right time going to be down there. He talk about all the stuff he going to do, like like your boy ain't even invited. You know what I'm saying? Dominique be like, yeah, me and the fellas about to be out here at Dre's. You are, of course, 100% invited. You are more than just invited because... You one and only people that's gonna put your card down with mine on the table. So you, <laughs> hell yeah, true. you invited. The rest of the people that I took last time I went and Dre's is my cousin and two of my homeboys. My cousin who oh, lives no. in Detroit right now. And you know what? I, nobody pitching and I wouldn't dare ask them to. And they all they all took something back and well, I and I paid for it. It was great. Well, let me let me let me run something by you though. Just just something for you to consider. If they not pay it, I'm not paying. <laughs> like, like I, ain't, I ain't got, I ain't got half yeah, on no, them. I feel you. I feel you. I just, feel you. On, just so on that you one. know, yeah, Dominique, yeah, like, I hey, feel you on that one. Go help me carry some of this weight, dog. You try nah, to fall nah, through, nah, you know? Nah, nah. I would, I wouldn't do that to you. But the thing is, um, you don't drink, 
So Fair. no matter, yeah, the, what I pay, what I'm paying for is the table, not the alcohol. But you got to yes. pay for the alcohol to get the table. So yes. yeah, and it, which and winds who's up at the being table doesn't matter. Yeah, well, winds up being for the single man. You know, it be that 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 drink be for them. What whether you whether yeah. you drink it or not, that that drink is not there for you. That drink for <laughs> yeah. them. It was it was a good experience to be back for a second. I was exhausted, but I remember when I used to go there when I was young, and I ain't had to pay, and we had the best table in the place, and we had the ridiculous villa. I got stories that are for um uh night the nightly show that you used to do. They they, yes. they are for the evening Jones. They are not yes. for the right time. Let me tell you something. They for the evening Jones. If ain't nobody listening but me and you, I feel like. <laughs> yes. You know, we all need to do that. Speaking of nightly shows, I'm going to throw this out here. Those of you watching on YouTube, um, y'all may see I got my Game Theory with Bomani Jones shirt on. It's my favorite show of all time. But anyway, with regards to that, got a little announcement I can make now. Your boy got nominated for best host of a talk show at the NAACP Image Awards. That's incredible, man. Congratulations. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. That really did happen. You know what I'm saying? So I figured I should put on for the squad to help us make that happen, you know? But yeah, we got a we got a little image award nomination. Emmy might get a little company. You did? We that that's not a vote situation. We can't help you. It's just No, I don't think so. I don't think All so. Right. Um though I have no idea who votes. I have no idea of any of these things. Uh, you know, me and awards. Though none of them matter except the ones that win. <laughs> you uh what's the competition looking like is you you feel good about the competition or you is there somebody concerned somebody nah, that concerns i mean you? the competition let me pull this up we we do have competition here uh and the competition is not insignificant just so we're clear uh the competition is uh joy reed uh sherry shepherd tamron hall and Whoopi goldberg joy bear sunny Holston, sarah haynes anna navarro and Alyssa farrah all of them. They they won nomination for the view. Damn, damn, they cheating out here. All yeah, right, I got a, I got a, I I got a formidable, formidable it's competition though, because the- it's perfect because the, there are people in there that I think you can beat, and there are also people in there that make me respect the award. So it's like the yes. perfect lineup. Whereas like if it was a bunch of no names, I'd be like, oh, I don't even yep. know if you want to win that. But, <laughs> but I got news for you: if I win. I got a feeling it'll be a nice little boost from our friend misogyny. <laughs> get a little boost from male privilege. Try okay. to try to try to get a black man over. <laughs> I would love that. Get a, a little uh, a hey, little black man. Get promotion. it how you live, dog. Yeah. Get it how you live. Uh, we got some uh, we got some interesting football. We have talked about the surrounding issues and all of this. Um, I guess we jump on this first though, because then we can get to the football part. Because we can do this, and then we can like engage in some advertising behavior. But uh, what you think about your man uh, Harbaugh going to the Chargers? Yeah, I mean it's it's perfect. I think for the Chargers, the big question I think for Harbaugh coming anywhere is can we work with him? And in this situation, and I think this is the same for Harbaugh and uh, Belichick, anybody with some level of power and Belichick, we don't have a history of him having a hard time working with people like not a, a long one. We've had articles about him and Kraft having some struggles, but they had ultimately had success. But Harbaugh, we've heard a bunch about him being tough to work with. And so right now he's coming into a place where they don't have a general manager in place. So making that Harbaugh decision and put him somewhere where you have a quarterback who's already shown the skill. Like, yeah, this seems like the most perfect of all the openings, like the most perfect fit. And I also feel good. Got a couple black coaches hired off the bat. Now I don't got to stress. I don't got to stress too much. You gave Pierce. Pierce got the job. Uh, My man, Gerard Mayo. He got he got the opportunity to go up there. And now we can talk about these other sham interviews that they out here performing with less vitriol. And I do think that Harbaugh is perfect for that situation. I think that for the Chargers, you got like a three year clock on Harbaugh, right? Like that's about where he got he got a little Larry Brown in him, right? Like it's going to be good while it's good. But, you know, after a while, everybody going to get tired of it. He get tired of it, too. Like, I think that's the most interesting part about it. It's not like they get ready to run Harbaugh off and he's like, what did I do? Everybody's tired of it, right? 
is a typically short-term proposition. I also think this is interesting as it deviates from Harbaugh's patterns of picking jobs, where he largely goes places where he has some level of familiarity. He went to Stanford where his dad used to work, and then he took the San Francisco job, which is right up the street from there. And then he went to Michigan where he went to college. You know, like that's that's been kind of how he's done and, you know, he's taking these jobs. This one, well, I guess he used to play for the Chargers. My bad. Yeah. He did have his brief little move but there. That, but that, that's not a familiar place because they weren't in Correct. L.A. This is a – I mean, the jersey's the same, but nothing else is the same. I guess Dean Spano or the Spano's family is the same. But, yeah, I, I think it's still consistent with what you were setting up. While he played there, it wasn't there. It was right. much closer to I T1. I do know this, though. Your quarterback will probably be as good as your quarterback can be because if there's one thing that Harbaugh has demonstrated is that he'll get your quarterback situation right. You know, he'll tighten you up there. And – that's kind of what they need, because with Justin Herbert, it's all there. It just hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, we talk about Andy Reid and Alex Smith like Alex, like Andy Reid is the one who rejuvenated Alex Smith. That's not true. Alex Smith was one of the worst number one overall picks ever until Harbs got there. And him and Greg Roman, who I think gets kind of typecast as the running quarterback guy who can't evolve an offense – he was there. And of course, Alex Smith was a very good athlete, but he and Greg Roman brought Alex Smith up to a good enough level. Not quite good enough because they then got Kaepernick and when Alex got healthy, they didn't want to put him back in. But he was good enough that he it didn't feel like a bad draft pick and they were making runs. Great record into the playoffs. I think they might have won a playoff game with Alex Smith. if I remember. Correctly. They sure did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Try- yeah. So they were good. And then obviously what him. happened with Kaepernick and and um and Andrew Luck is a different story. But yeah, watching how people talk about JJ McCarthy right now, I'm like, man, y'all see something I don't see. But I guess Correct. Harbaugh is convincing them of it. But also remember this though with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck didn't come into high school. I mean, come into college all some Trevor Lawrence hype, right? Like he wasn't that guy. He was a four star recruit and. Yeah became oh, Andrew that. Luck. Like, a lot of that obviously had to do with Luck, but a lot of that right. had to do with Jim Harbaugh. Um, the Kaepernick move in the middle of that season, where Ka- Kaepernick came in, played that one game, because Alex Smith had a concussion. You were like, oh, that worked out well. Well, there's no way they're going to, oh, wait, they're staying with him. And it worked. There's no way to, other way to look at it. They got him to the Super Bowl, because the year before, Alex Smith, as I recall, in that game against the Giants in the NFC Championship game, did not complete a pass for a first down. Um, on third down, they did not convert a third down. That was that was that was where they was like, oh, okay, we need something else. But they made the switch to the incredibly raw at that time, Kaepernick. They figured out a way to make that happen. It's been some ups and downs at Michigan, but ultimately figured out the way to make that go. So if what you needed was the guy that can get you the most out of Herbert, Harbaugh's probably the guy. And they got dudes on that team, man. Like, and Harbaugh works quick. This isn't a guy that necessarily needs this huge process. He's the only guy also that I can think of who has truly, I guess Pete Carroll wound up doing it, but his adaptability between being a college coach with a college demeanor to also being able to do it in the NFL, maybe that's part of why I could only go for two or three years, but he's, you know, he's that guy. Now, Bill Belichick, I'm telling you, man, I said it early, and I think people may have thought I was crazy when I was like, I don't see it for him. I think the Atlanta job is probably the challenge there is there's some ingrained powers that are concerned about giving, or not ingrained, entrenched powers that are concerned about bringing Belichick in. And I think that's what I've gathered is the struggle there is there's some people there who know that when Bill Belichick shows up with his six Super Bowl rings that – Bill Belichick brings whatever he wants to bring, and that may or may not include you. And is not just the general manager and not just the president of football operations and the scouts. Like, I think that's the challenge there is there's a bit of a push and pull between uh, the people that want to stay and maintain their power and the people that are like, hey, we lost souls. Let's hand his keys to Bill Belichick and let him do what he wants. Yeah, except this is where I think I I don't think that's what the problem is. And the reason I say that is Arthur Blank is robbing the train up there, right? Like he 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 missed the Jesse here. He the one that's in charge. Okay. Bill Belichick is going to want, even if it's not officially enumerated, a significant level of power when it comes to personnel. The one thing that we have all said about him is 
You can't give him power over personnel. Look at that collection of bums that he just got done coaching, right? So if I'm one of these people that has power, my question is, why are we giving power to this dude who has demonstrated that he can no longer be trusted with this power? Like when Tom Landry got fired, I bet he was better at coaching than a whole lot of other people in the league, but when nobody trying to hire his old ass, Time was up. You couldn't just bring Tom Landry in and it'd be like, look, meet your new boss, the general manager who may be 37 years old. Or I mean, I don't know if Dimitrov's still there. I don't know who it is, but you nah, understand what I'm fine, saying though. here. And yeah. so, and so that's my thought with Belichick is I don't if you're not going to give him all the power, is this a tenable and sustainable situation? Is he the guy that you want to turn your quarterback over to? Right? Like all these questions come up, and I just think time's up. But well, a, they don't have a quarterback to turn over to him. And True. I think it's Terry Fon. But that's the, the problem. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. the problem. And then he has to go find the quarterback, which I don't know that anybody trusts him to do. Terry, Terry Fon knows the GM there. And I think Rich McKay is uh, like president of football operations and all that stuff. Are you still think, in the league? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he has a good amount of uh, influence at that organization. And uh, I think you're probably right. But this goes back to, to me at least, there's some trade-offs in the decisions that you have to make. And I get it. He's not great at that. And maybe you can't talk him off of that. And maybe that's where the negotiations are right now. But you still know he can coach his ass off. So I, do I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly how to calculate this decision. But I do know that he's going to be better with, than what they had. And he can't mess up the offensive talent right now. And that was kind of his his issue. Like, they would always put together good defenses. So, I don't know whether it's right or wrong, but given that a lot of coaches are coming off the board and it seems that he is most closely tied to them, he's going to look funny in a Falcons uh, uh, Falcons hoodie, but uh, it'll work. He's going to look even funnier in a CBS sports blazer with the eye <sighs> on the corner. Look, man. <laughs> If Arthur was going to hire, I mean, I don't yeah. think that they got to convince all these lower level people. They got to convince Arthur. And it seems pretty clear to me. Arthur's not like if Arthur wanted that man to be hired, that man would be hired. Fair point. And Fair point. he had not been hired. But uh, coming up next, we're going to actually talk about the football games. I promise. Prize picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from our producer, Sean, that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's a new year, which means it's time for everyone's New Year's resolutions. We tend to get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. This year, let's stop the New Year, New You talk and focus on things we want to keep the same in 2024. Whether you found a consistent workout routine, a healthier diet plan, or decided to read more, let's continue the things we did well last year into the new year. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bomani today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bomani. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. 
Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. All right, Dominique, uh, what's going to have to happen for the Chiefs to beat the Ravens? Jordan going to have to be Jordan. He's going to have to take it to another level of Jordanness. Uh, I think the, the weaknesses in the Ravens' defense, if you can say that they have any real weaknesses, is like their ability to stop the run, and they're not terrible at it. Um, I think the Chiefs are pretty good at running the ball. However, a lot of the reason why they ran the ball well against the uh, the Bills last week are not going to work this week because they have the Bills tried to play a lot of nickel because of their injuries and whatever. The Ravens have Kyle Hamilton, and that dude that they call Avatar is so big and impressive and versatile that you can't. And so, like the Chiefs would come out there in bigger personnel against the. Um, against the Bills' smaller personnel. The Ravens don't really have a small personnel situation. They'll bring in another uh, safety and, and bring down a 6'4", 220 guy to play the nickel. And so when you're going to run at him, go right a damn head. And so I think it's counterintuitive, but I think that they want to shorten the game and give less opportunity and I know you would think, well, let's give Patrick Mahomes as many possessions as possible. But nah, I think given the talent that he has around him, you give him a lot of possessions and you make him press out there, he's going to turn it over because this defense is that good. They want to tighten this game, I think, and get to a situation where Patrick Mahomes has a minute 30 with the ball in his hand down by four because you don't want to give it back to Lamar. And that's their way of winning is try to get to the end of the game as quickly as possible. So this I wanted to ask you because I was thinking about, you know, I've been talking about Patrick and the, and the, and the faux paws. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, got a I lot of dudes out there that play like they got faux paws. They be committing faux paws because they, they got faux paws. Um, but also the other thing that's happening is their tackle situation is cheeks. Cheeks, I tell you, cheeks. That, that, that one that be cheating all the time and uh, the other one that you just don't think about. But they are not good. Like it's – and – if I'm not mistaken, you watch the team more than me. If there is one thing about the Ravens defense is they're not really killing you with that edge rush guy. Yeah. Um, Clowney is having a great year, but yeah, they don't really kill you with the, they don't have a dominant ed ru edge rusher on their team, which is what I think we think about when like Aiden Hutchinson is an incredible edge rusher. And you think about the 49ers have a couple who aren't producing, but a couple incredible edge rushers. The Ravens don't really have that, but they get pressure. And I, I don't see any reason why they won't get pressure this week, especially with Tooney in the middle of that Chiefs defense dealing with some injuries right now. I'm not sure. Matabike is going to be pushing the pocket of the middle. The guy is quick and fast and strong. And then you got Clowney winning on the edge every now and then. And they often blitz opposite Clowney with uh, Avatar. You don't really want it. I, 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 that's the thing is the only argument for the Chiefs is – but you know they got Patrick Mahomes, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. every other matchup is like, nah, they really don't got it. You know what? Me and you would view that argument a lot differently if we hadn't already got gotten that one Super Bowl where oh, we yeah. were like, yeah, oh, yeah, man, they got Patrick Mahomes. And then I don't know about you. I know what it was for me. I looked up, and they showed Mike Remmers was playing left tackle, and I was yeah. like, boys, I believe <laughs> I have made a mistake. <laughs> yep. I, yeah, I had that same situation where it was like, all right, man, this is this is getting ugly. I think it took me a second before it wasn't just the starting lineup. It was watching the first couple of drives like, oh, it ain't Jordan, because the thing about Jordan is he don't need nobody to block for him. 
or catch for him. Patrick going to need somebody to do something. And so it's a little different having an NFL Jordan and NBA Jordan. But uh, if they can keep him off of him and these guys can make big plays, that's the thing. They're going to have to make explosive plays. The Ravens are not quite accustomed to giving up explosive plays. They're going to have to, they're not going to be able to methodically drive down the field on, on this Ravens defense. So it's going it could yeah. get ugly. Now what the, uh, what, 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 what the chiefs got for that Ravens offense though. All right. They got Chris Jones and they got Trent McDuffie. Uh, the Ravens offense is more versatile. And we've been talking about this for a while, me and you, about how different this Ravens offense and the defense, frankly, is this year. And it's in large part because they've evolved the offense through a lot of pushing from Lamar Jackson. If you remember, Lamar Jackson was the one that was like, let's get let's get a little bit more advanced. And they were like, all right, well, how about we keep uh, Greg Roman? Eventually, they get him an offensive coordinator. They get him some receivers that aren't great, but are good and reliable. And you can see through the course of a game that they adjust. And I'm sure you've heard this by now ad nauseum, how they uh, uh, adjusted to the blitz in the second half. The only thing about that that shocked me was why take them to the second half? Because through Lamar's career, the only thing that he struggled with is being blitzed. And they were out there running these slow developing routes. It was clear to me that they wanted to start the game zone read. Remind you guys who Lamar Jackson is. He's a runner. And then they wanted to play action off those zone reads and break their back with some big plays. And those big plays take time to develop. And they were not able to protect against zero blitzes and also just regular old fire zones. They weren't able to protect long enough for those routes to develop. And they just kept trying it until halftime. Reportedly, Lamar Jackson was like, nah, we ain't doing that no more. Let's put some answers in. Then they come out and play a whole different style of football than is the one they prepared for. I think it's absurd that they came into the game not having that ready and they had to wait till they got to halftime, but they do have it. And then the best part is they still run the shit out the ball in a way that old school football people always say. Run the ball and play defense in the playoffs. And they, at the end of that game, I was watching that thing, and that Houston D-line was getting pushed back three and four yards at the snap when they knew what was coming. That's the type of bully that it's hard to uh, have an answer for. Yeah, that game looked like exactly what it was to me. The best team in that conference against the plucky upstarts who are really happy to be here. And they put up a valiant fight there for a half. But, I mean, I'm not mistaken, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Nope. They had a punt return. That's right. That's right. That dude was moving on that punt return, though. I'll give him that. They, um, I don't uh, uh, know how much you appreciate EPA or stats like that, but EPA expected points added is like an efficiency rating, and it's plus or minus. And so normally offenses, even if you dominate an offense, they'll be like, hey, they were plus three points this game. And that's like you whooped their ass. These fools was negative 10. They had them at negative 10 and the the Jets were negative 11 per game over the season. That was the only team that was worse than what they did to the Houston Texans in that game. And they and they were trying everything. You saw them pull out these double reverse flea flick of screens of middle screens. And that shit ain't even work. (laughs) Like you got a defense that is running around fast and physical. And you know how you answer that? We're going to hit you with a screen. Not only we're going to screen you, we're going to double reverse screen your ass. Nope. We're going to be there for that too. Tell me, tell me why my lions are going to do it, man. Why is it going to, why we going to have a Gator bowl? Aiden Hutchinson. It's the, I think the offense won't have a problem that uh, 49ers defense is not as good as it's been and it's also not too complicated or complex they made some adjustments and it started blitzing more in the second half of the season but they still are uh like a seattle style we gonna beat you with our d line and we're gonna play zone behind type of defense but their d line ain't winning in the way that they need to for that to work so i think the the lions won't have a ton of trouble scoring unless jared goff turns into a pumpkin or they have some turnovers or something like that. The question is, can they stop the other side from scoring? And that boils down to how aggressive this defense can be while holding up in the back end. Because uh, they have to blitz because Aiden Hutchinson is the only real pass rusher they have, and their secondary hasn't been great outside of Brian Branch. You know, our guy Charlie Kravitz makes this point from watching Chase Young enough where he's just like, hey, man, that dude is just going to tease you forever. 
And that seems to be what has happened in San Francisco. Like when uh, Chicago decided that Sweat was the guy they'd taken the trade, I was like, huh, that's interesting. Sweat was a boss this year. Boss. Chase Young, you be seeing him out there. Like, it ain't like he, like, is he, does he remind you in a way of Clowney where I guess he can have a certain level of impact, but it's not necessarily going to turn up in numbers, or is he just not really doing it like that? Um, there were flashes before the injury. And so maybe the injuries are, are taking their toll, but he still looks explosive. Like it's harder to explain as he's someone that I haven't watched, like really trying to figure it out. That's the main thing is it feels like he's a flash player and it's disappointing because when you see him do something that very few other players in the league can do, you're like, all right, do that every time. But he doesn't do it every time. And explosiveness still seems to be there, but also both of their pass rushers, can't really set the edge that well, which I think happens when you have like explosive athlete pass rushers. Sometimes they are weak on the edge and I'm sure the lions know that. And the lions are strong at tackle and they are going to run right at them tackles. And see, I did not realize that about Bosa because he's over there playing on that strong side. Honestly, he just seemed like he'd do everything. Yeah. I mean, he can, or he did at one point, but it's not working out this year. They are weak on outside run. And that's going to be a problem. I think because outside run, if you go back, these are all Shanahan disciples systems. You go back to, to Mike, that outside zone is like the, that's what predicate, or that's what everything else was built on. You outside zone, then you boot off of it. You boot off of it with a throwback, with a deep corner. And if you can't stop the outside zone, you're not going to be able to stop this offense. Man, Bosa get his money, and then he stopped grinding like that. He ain't trying to pick himself up by them bootstraps and make it happen. <laughs> that what you're telling me? I don't know if it's that, but he certainly ain't producing the way that they want him to. The money that they have invested in that D-line, it's reminiscent of like what you see over there at the Eagles, where it's like, all right, this is the unit. Y'all supposed to make it easier for everybody else, and they ain't doing it. I would love a Bosa pregame speech where uh, he get out there talking about how we got to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and we're going to storm the, we're going to rush the passer. <laughs> <laughs> I admit that is one of my favorite things is when people <laughs> raise questions and like insert person here. Like, so where were you on January 6th? Yeah, I, I was in DC uh, at doing first take. And I came Yeah, they'll be asking you. Yeah. Hey, like the Bosa, 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 oh, yeah. they'd be like, hey, so uh, you're a little late to work. Um, is everything OK? <laughs> I just remember it because I was talking to Stephen A and I look out my window and it's a big uh, I don't know. Stephen A wasn't on that day, but there was a big bus with a bunch of people who had on flag clothes getting out and they look angry. And I was like then I turned on the news at a commercial break. and I was like, oh, it's good. It's starting to get a little restless. I need to get home. You said a bunch of people wearing flag clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It was like a red, white, blue hats and shirts that were like flag, uh, like look like they were cut up flags to make them. I saw some people I had gotten there at like 7 a.m. And there were people in the garage that I park in standing around a pickup truck just looking. And they were staring at me and I was staring at them. And I was like, I don't I'm not here for whatever y'all think I'm here for, which I'm sure they knew as soon as I got out of the car. But I, I don't want no trouble with them people. They look angry. Hey, man, you remember earlier this year where the Bengals fans, because they're always so jumpy, they misunderstood the point that I was making when, um, look, Joe Burrow was out there hopping around on one leg. And I'm like, Jamar Chase may go to the Hall of Fame, but you still got to wonder why your, man, why your man's back there hopping around one leg. It sure would be nice to have Sewell, right? And, of course, they thought I was trying to relitigate yeah. this. I'm like, no, football is just a complex game, and they really couldn't go right. wrong with either selection. But right now, the big boy might be helpful. Hey, man, that big boy be out there doing it. Like they got they they got him doing stuff where I'm like, how do you ask somebody that big like to be running around doing these things? It's it is um yes. I gotta be careful with this topic in general, but there are very are few. Are you trying people, to avoid racial stereotypes? I am trying my best to avoid <laughs> racial stereotypes. But however, there is uh, Polynesians in the NFL are overrepresented. And my man Sewell is an incredible athlete and also incredibly big. And I played with Haloti Nada. And I was like, that dude is, we would like mess around. I guess he played rugby coming up. And so he would, before or after practice, mess around and do like some little rugby runs or whatever and be pitching the ball around. He moved like, he moved like, I wouldn't say like a DB. That's outrageous. He moved like a running back. 
and he was 300 plus pounds, 320, moving like a running back out there. It was absurd. I feel so much better because my thought was, I probably shouldn't say that, like, is he like Haloti Nada playing offense? I had that thought, right? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't know why they do it out there wearing number 58. That's like, maybe he was a linebacker somewhere and that's where they want to get him back to. But can you, we talked about this earlier this week. You got to tell them the, the story about that time that you had a misunderstanding with relation to Haloti Nada. <sighs> Yeah, so um, I was with the Ravens. I just got in there, and on Friday, stop, stop mumbling, Dominique. Speak up. It's okay. <laughs> I don't want to upset them. Okay, <laughs> so we would have okay. practice on Fridays of game week, and we would have family Friday. So everybody's family would come to practice afterwards and like play around on the field, have some food uh, on game weeks. And so it's been a few weeks where Haloti was there, of course, and his wife is um, a volleyball player, I think from. Oregon also. So she's tall too, taller than me, probably like six, one, six, two. And so I meet, uh, I think a couple of their sons at the time. I don't know how many boys they ended up with, but I remember there's a couple boys and I would say hi to him and talk to his sons, like whatever, like you talk to all little family. And I remember saying to Ashley, it was my girlfriend at the time, like, ah, oh, it's beautiful. Like, hello, these kids are so nice. And like, it's great that he has the resources to provide the services for these kids that they, for this son that he obviously needs because he was like the size of an eight-year-old with the like cognitive ability of what I expected of like a five-year-old. Then I found out that boy was like four. <laughs> it just was just was enormous and coordinated. And I just was like, offer him a scholarship immediately. He was so big. And like he had like proprioception that you don't because, you know, you think of like like three, four year olds, they like falling around. They barely can hold themselves up. And they also are small. This boy was was sticking and cutting and, and felt like he was five feet. And he was like four. And I was like. Oh, nothing, nothing wrong with him. He just big. <laughs> it is really, really hard to say that I thought this person was developmentally disabled and it not be an insult. The only way that that happens is, oh, my bad. He's half the age I thought he was. My gosh. I don't know where they at now, but they are getting close to age to where dumb boys going to win somebody a national championship and something. <laughs> If they all around the same age, I feel like it was like two or three boys at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, remember when we talked about how this was like the most like the dream team of coaching options for hires out here, and we still got these four jobs left. And I'm like, ain't nobody hiring Pete Carroll's old ass. I don't think nobody gonna hire Ben Belichick, Bill Belichick. I guess somebody's gonna hire the Ben Johnson dude. Once the Lions get finished, but I'm looking at their jobs that's left, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know who gonna do that. Yeah, Vrabel is one of those guys that I think got included into like this dream candidate yeah. thing. But uh, he seems younger and I mean, not seems younger. He is younger. And I feel like a place I'm trying to think of a place where because he seems to me to be in some ways the most attractive candidate left because of the Belichick front office issue issue and situation. And uh like everybody else is kind of unproven. He feels really proven to me. Maybe he's hard to work with in some capacity because they went through a couple of GMs over there and apparently he didn't see eye to eye with uh, some of the the decision makers there, which is fine, but I'm shocked. And he's, he's a personable guy too. He might do the media thing for a couple of years and let his price go up because that's a weird thing. The, the more time you spend in the media, the more people think you know what you're doing, especially if you end on a good note like he seemingly has. But you just, I think the thing about television is people really get an opportunity to consistently hear your thought process. And they know, like, they, they've got a pretty good bank of, hey, he and I are aligned on insert thing here. Oh, hey, here we are agreeing again. And ain't nothing more attractive than somebody who agree with you. <laughs> that, yeah, that, you love that, that. Is, yeah, that is the basis for a lot of the problems we have in hiring processes is somebody who think like me. Uh, they think yes. like me. They had similar experiences than me. All right. Yeah. Let me sign him up. That guy's smart. Yes. By the way, I can't, re- I can't remember this. Uh, where were you on Dan Campbell when they made that hire? Because I know I was incredibly skeptical. I ate my crow early, but I'm just curious because yeah. it's funny. Those of us who are eating crow on him ain't even got no problem with it. 
right? Nah. We're just like, oh, yeah, my bad. Got that wrong, but we like this now. We Dan Campbell was an archetype that I think that we hadn't been accustomed to. And having been around football my whole life, the guy who gives the speech that Dan Campbell gave when before he even got to the Lions, but the guy who presents himself the way he did when he was an interim coach in Miami and then gives the speech that he gives at um, for the Lions is not a guy that I would like to follow. We've seen lots of those guys who are all talk and bluster and like, hey, we're going to do those are the same guys who are like we're going to do Oklahoma's in practice because we're going to out tough everybody. You ain't out toughing people in the NF damn L like you're not going to if you are, it's because you got a lot of tough players. You are not going to make people who are in their mid 20s tough who weren't tough before by doing Oklahoma. So anyway. I and I think it's human nature. Obviously, I started slotting him in that category, but he ain't that <laughs> like also there's other more negative stereotypes that come with a person like that. And he cleared that up right away with a lot of the decisions that he made. I was yes, like, oh, well, OK, my friend, my, my big burly brother, I appreciate what you are doing out here. And then, like, you see how it pans out. There's the the. Uh, I think it's an understanding or maybe it's not even understanding. He just like naturally has an emotional connection with the players that he has there. And part of it is it tied to him doing up downs and that's like a symbol of it. But it's like, there's always, I've said this to you before. There's an us in them on every team. Sometimes it's like, Hey, it's the defense. We, us, everybody else is them. Sometimes it's the players and then the coaches is them. Sometimes it's like, all right, it's all the coaches, but that front office is them. And we always got to have a them, but it feels like because of Dan Campbell's uh, personality and leadership uh, ability, the them is everybody outside that building. Like, and Brad Holmes deserves credit for it, the GM. And it does feel like there is value to that. That's hard to calculate when we're all out here trying to formulate our predictions and understandings about a job and a hire, how well it's going to work out. I did not know that Dan Campbell had that in him. Hey, man, if they get this done, man, it's a little We'll get a lot of real live heartwarming tales yeah. out here. You know what I'm saying? If they get this done, this will be a real live heartwarming tale and we'll get to the end of it. And we still won't have any real clear idea on like, you know, how good Jerry Goff is, really. Yeah, we won't. And that's fine. That's it. it don't matter how good he is, really. He is right. really good in that system that they got there. Yo, how crazy would it be if the Rams and the Lions made that trade and they both got Super Bowls out of it? That's the biggest win-win in the history. And the GM, Brad Holmes, like the 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 people that he's brought in have been just hit after hit from Anmar Ra to, and I guess Hutchinson, you don't get a ton of credit for that because it was obvious, obvious Jameson Williams hasn't completely worked out. And the, the, uh, the secondary additions haven't been perfect, but they've been impactful. The Pene Sewell draft pick, like these are just, yeah. Oh yeah. Gibbs. Gibbs and Branch. And Jack Campbell seems to be working out. Okay. Laporta. Um, yes. You know, them DEI, yes. them DEI boys, they getting it done. <laughs> uh, I'm so proud of you of including Jack Campbell in this conversation because I don't never bring him up when I'm talking about the decisions that Brad Holmes made because the Gibbs one was a good one. Uh, even though everyone pushed back against it, the Campbell one, it was all right. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 it was all right. I like bringing him up just because. Hey, man, linebacker ain't the same as them other positions, but I was still is like, nah, man, we are giving back to the local community. <laughs> yeah, we're going to send them man. boys. Like, I I'm running a football program that's like these programs they got in New York where they be sending these hard scrabble boys to private school. <laughs> that's kind of what I was out here doing. And you and I, we'll talk about this more later. They try to, we got somebody said this on Twitter. We have to start calling our man Cooper DeGene. We're going to start calling him DB Cooper because he white folks trying to put it, make him a DB. They don't want no. him to be a cornerback. They want him to be DB Cooper. Yeah. They try to First hijack all, his whole career. Sam Laporta, another Iowa product. They, and he is consistent with uh, the Iowa products, but I will not let them ruin my pioneer. You cannot take my pioneer. Cooper DeGene is a goddamn hero, and y'all better stop fighting against it. Let him be. Let this man pave the way. 
I don't, and I don't get it, man. It don't make any sense. Why are me and you, and thank you for introducing him to me uh, a couple years ago, but why are me and you the only people out here who are loudly speaking in defense of my man Coop? I hope he wants to play corner. That's what I was, look, man, I don't know why don't nobody talk about this, but really, when it comes down to it, it's that crab in a barrel shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. like somebody try to do a little bit better and there you go. Your own people be trying to pull you back down, right? They try to, your own people be trying to move you five yards further back off the line of scrimmage. <laughs> they like, he, no, it can't be done. He can't do it. I couldn't do it. He can't do it. That's exactly Dude, what's They already happening. try to make him a slot quarter. That, like, like, even when they try to make him a quarter, they try to be like, yeah, he can be a slot quarter. But it's not true. It's the thing. Like, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you know what the problem is? He can yeah, he can play slot corner. Yeah, he can play safety, but he can do the harder thing too. He can play on the outside. He could potentially be a starting corner in the NFL. And maybe the calculation is his versatility makes him more valuable to move around. But don't do it yet, man. Draft that man at corner, please. They they gave Antrell Roll a few years at outside they corner. Did. They gave his big ass a few years at outside corner before they moved him to safety. And I think he ran like a 4-5, four, 4-6 four, or something. Antrell was a really good player. But they let Joe Hayden nothing- play quarter. He ran a four eight, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. He ran some but crazy time that everybody so be like, "Yo, yo, yo, yo!" Did, 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 did you get that right? But like the thing about the reason why I thought about Andrew Roll is I was in that draft and I remember looking around and was like, "Oh, that's a safety." <laughs> Andrew Roll was like two twenty. He was swole, and they yes. drafted him in the top ten and was like, "We gonna put you at at corner for a few years." Why do they look at Cooper DeGene and see something different? Give my man a shot. By the way, I was wrong. Uh, Joe Hayden ran a 4-5. But there was somebody I remember who came in there, ran one of them super high 40 times, and they still let that black man play cornerback. They wouldn't (laughs) let Eric Weddle play corner. (laughs) Eric Weddle balled in college at corner, too. Eric Weddle shut down Calvin Johnson in a bowl game. Yeah. Was he smaller? Did they? He had to bulk up, right? 5'11", 200 pounds at the combine. I don't think that counts as small. Yeah, that's not small. It's not safety. I mean, I guess it is safety in modern football. But, like, if you play corner at 200 pounds in college, normally they keep you at corner in the NFL. But not if you are of the fairer skin. No, no. They be killing dreams, dog. <laughs> killing dreams. Except for Kirk Ferris. Kirk Ferris got a point to prove. I would love I I wish somebody would sit him down though. Sit everybody down at Iowa and just be like, so explain your thought process to me. Cause let's be honest here. I'm not sure there is one. But I'd like to know what they would say it is. Yeah, the best way to defend the the Iowa thought process is we are Iowa. Look around yes. Iowa and it is really hard to get people from outside of Iowa to come play at Iowa. So we get people who live in Iowa and places like Iowa to come play for us. And it just so happens they have to play cornerback too. Yeah. Well, the best way to defend their thought process is results, baby. We yeah, send these true. boys to the league. Yes. And winning more like, than you let me, should. Let me in tell Iowa. you what Cooper, me and Spencer talked about this. And Spencer's like, here's what Cooper Gene is going to be a commercial for the Iowa strength and conditioning program. <laughs> that's not fair you know, ain't, nobody thinking it's, ain't nobody thinking it's naturally down man baby they had to build this <laughs> i seen that man doing 360 dunks yes. in high school man yes. the strength coach what didn't they fire their last strength coach for racism <laughs> yes they, yes, they did that was yes them. they yeah. did you know oh, what maybe gosh. cooper DeGene blew up because the secret sauce for that strength coach was that racism and he didn't have nothing <laughs> to say to this white dude and so he couldn't properly motivate him to go lift these weights. You know what I'm saying? Or God knows the things he was saying to motivate him. Oh gosh. Yeah. Cooper, Cooper, um, I, I've stumbled upon his Instagram a couple of times and the music that he chooses to back his highlights suggests that Cooper is a DB. No, excuse me. Suggests that Cooper is a cornerback. Look here. They probably be he, Cooper, like Larry Bird. They be out here sitting the white boys out there and telling him to check him. And he's like, Oh, oh okay. That's what we'll be doing. Huh? Just right. sitting on routes. All right, cool. Watch. Watch. Watch me work, dog. Watch me work. But that 
is Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show, available wherever you get this fine podcast, also available on the YouTubes. My man, I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Oh, we had dinner. We didn't even talk about our dinner. But uh, next time, next time. Oh, no, we didn't talk. You know, it's funny. We didn't talk about our dinner, but we're going to keep this in mind as something for us to talk about. Because as we were talking about um, Dan Campbell, you know what my first thought was? Jeff Saturday. (laughs) I see great similarities. Yep. Jeff. Between those guys. Yep. Jeff could have done it. They are very similar people. Yes. By the way, folks, I appreciate you, man. Uh, voicemails, 323-596-7767. That is the number, 323-596-7767. Uh, we haven't done this one in a while. Y'all want to tell us about the time you tried to square up with your pops? I appreciate that. 323-596-7767. Uh, before we go, Sean, you got prize picks for the people? I sure do, Bo. Um Conference championships, Lamar Jackson, 64 and a half rush yards. I'll take more there. Jameer Gibbs, 47 and a half rush yards. I'll also take more. And uh, Marquise Valdez-Scantling, 14 and a half receiving yards. Let's go less there. Sean, has your heater slowed down? I noticed you didn't pat yourself on the back this time before you gave your picks. You know, the the bet I did on Wednesday is still, we're still waiting for the results. So we'll see on Monday how I do after this weekend. Okay. I might, I might stay gotcha. a little quiet. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. That's, that was so funny. But ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. That's Sean You He handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, remember... Follow the right time. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. 